Hi, I'm Mara Webster with In Creative Company, and today I'm so thrilled to be joined by the wonderful Bo and Yang to talk all about Saturday Night Live. And, you know, in, in your trajectory and joining the show, you obviously came on board first as a writer before coming in front of the camera as a cast member. And because there's so many aspects with the way that SNL comes together that are so specifically unique to that show, you know, even just in terms of the form of storytelling that you're doing and the fact that you're putting out this live show every week, you're working with cue cards, you're working very collaboratively if you've written a sketch with all of the other departments. I was really fascinated in when you first started writing on the show and, and first stepped in front of the camera, um, you know, ha what were some of the unique skills that you found yourself having to uniquely learn or hone or evolve and, and how did writing for a season first really help in terms of figuring that out by the time you stepped in front of the camera? Well, oh, that's a great question because I feel like you're already implicit, you, you implicitly are aware of the fact that like, um, you know, that the show works in a very specific way and in terms of the writing, in terms of having that experience beforehand, I think it was just about self-producing, knowing how to self-produce by the time um, I did stuff on camera. But I mean, honestly, <laughs> I think the thing that taught me, the, the, the thing that it taught me the most was that uh, it was just about reading what was on the cue cards. Because sometimes, sometimes what I, what, what uh, someone, like from like an improv background, like me, let's say would do is maybe ad lib off of the cue cards a little bit. And people do do that and people do it very successfully. But most of the time as a cast member, it's your job to just deliver what someone, someone has written, whether it's you or someone else. And each word in sequence has been painstakingly, you know, selected and written and like and like it's been tested in, in so many different ways before it makes it to the final cue card that you go let me just read what's on the card and go from there I mean I know that sounds so trivial but I it's it's something that I learned about um just the process that the content dictates the form which dictates like you know um the delivery or the performance or um just just anything that fits into the container of that show. Because I mean, the, the, I think what's remarkable about the show now is that um, there is just a wonderful cross-section of a lot of different kinds of comedy. And so the challenge of being a cast member and a writer is just, is just to sort of deliver on all of those different flavors or something. I, I mean, that's a very long one to answer, but yeah. <laughs> no, it's it's great. And I love what you're bringing up uh, at the tail end of that answer there as well about it is so many different types of comedy, you know, and if you take you performing as the Titanic iceberg, you performing Fran Leibowitz, you doing trend forecasters, those are all stylistically very different performances, even though they're within the same format of the show in essence. Um, and there's also that thing of like, how overt and how heightened is the comedy, you know, how pulled back and grounded does it need to be? Um, and so how do you kind of go into figuring out the finesse of performance wise, what style of comedy does this need to be? And, and, and how do you kind of make that adjustment on the night as well? Because you have to remember, sometimes you're doing these sketches just minutes apart from each other, but having to bring very different performances. Yeah, and it's about like sort of synthesizing notes and bits of feedback or changes from like different people and whether it's Lauren or the writers or um, other cast members. Uh, yeah, I mean, the way that you, you sort of make sense of it all is to, I think, go in on Wednesday at the table read stage of things, uh, at the read through stage, just having 
an intention behind a choice. I know that sounds redundant, but I feel like the thing that um, locks things in for, for, for me at least is something that has to do with just making a choice about, you know, uh, what the tone is, how grounded it is. Um, you know, if it's a song, let's say, if you happen to be in a, uh, in a musical sketch of some kind, you sort of understand the style of that. I mean, it all sort of, I feel like it all, the concentric circles of everything sort of kind of lock in once you decide early on, relatively early on, let's say Wednesday or Thursday when you're rehearsing or blocking stuff, that um, you make a choice to, to, to meet the content where it is in the style. And, and, and if you're, and if you make a, a, a choice that feels incongruous, then someone will let you know and be like, Hey, maybe don't do that. Um, so, you know, it's, I mean, that's, that's the beauty, that's the beauty of the show is, is that it's incredibly collaborative in all these granular ways that feels and where the grains, the granules are so different from each other. Yeah. And, and with that idea of, of making choices as well and having to kind of figure that out, it's also that thing where it's sketch comedy, but you have to create characters which feel grounded and connected to the audience. So again, even if we look at the iceberg from Titanic, it's like everyone can understand, well, everybody just knows me for this one thing and blames me for this thing that I don't even think was my fault. And that's all anybody right, wants right. to talk about. And I want people to see me in this way and see this thing that I'm really passionate about. Um, and so is that is that kind of like finding the really ground connective tissue of a character also something that at the table read on a Wednesday is kind of where you start to find that or is there a different part of the process where it comes through oh I mean definitely I mean I think that the first time we did uh the iceberg at the read-through I mean there was no I, I wasn't wearing the costume and the way it was written was much less grounded it was just kind of playing in the absurdity of it and it didn't quite work the way should have. I feel like by the time it made it to air, it was, it, it all kind of sealed itself in, in a nice way, but it was very reiterative. It, it just, we, we, we kept changing it. And I think the thing that sort of made it all made, make sense was that, um, was, was this idea that like, oh, it's this thing that like happens in the media, but, um, where someone, you know, wants to sort of reclaim their narrative and something, but how, how do we make that? How do we like build on that? I mean, the thing, I think my big takeaway from this past season, something that Lauren kind of always says to all of us uh, uh, on the writing staff and the cast is that um, you want to build the place you want to go to instead of just coming in at a 10 from the very beginning. Um, and I think that's, that's so invaluable. That's something that you kind of take for granted when you work in a sketch show, when you work in a sketch show, when you go, oh, well, it's, it's only three to five minutes anyway. So like, let's just be as expedient as possible in our writing and in terms of what we want to communicate. But sometimes you just, you want to, you might want to spend the first 30 seconds to a minute, just like setting up some base reality and then, and then sort of slowly, gradually feeding the audience what you want to serve at the table or something. Yeah. I'm mixing so many different analogies, but yeah. That's such an interesting point. And I also want to talk a little bit about impersonations, you know, which is such an inherent part of being a cast member on the show. And, um, you know, in particular, when you first came on and, and we're doing impersonations like Andrew Yang, I know Chloe Feynman was, was a really great resource. And the two of you kind of sat together and, and you got to really kind mm -hmm. of 
see her process of how she would kind of break down and find the characteristics. And, you know, when, when you're now doing impersonations, you know, say you're playing someone like Fran Leibowitz, you're not doing a literal dramatic impersonation of her, but it's what's the essence, what are the nuances which are important for the audience to feel that this is that character. And then what's the version of that that fits into the comedy aspect and and the sketch comedy aspect of that. Mm -hmm. Um, And so for you at this point, how do you kind of, Harkening back to when you first started doing it on the show, kind of carried through elements of that to figure out what are the things that are really important that the audience needs for that familiarity and where can I kind of give myself a little bit of looseness for what the sketch needs? I mean, I I should say that I don't identify as, as, as someone who is good at impressions. It is this perennial thing about the show. Um, it's always nice when someone has that skill. I, I, am, I am someone who doesn't and has to sort of find little hacks and cheats and stuff in order to like get where I want to go. I mean, when I started out, um, that Andrew Yang thing was really was, I mean, to be honest, I look back at that and go, Ooh, what was I doing? You know, like I, it's my first show. And then I did him, I think one more time after that. And then uh, two seasons ago or at the end of season 47, six, I'm sorry, 46, I, tried a new version of Andrew Yang at the table for update. Um, and and it, and, it, and it really worked and it really played. It just didn't go to the show because it was just a very, it was the finale of 46 and there was just a lot going on, but um, you know, it played well. And I just, there wasn't really a great time to bring him back this past year because he wasn't as in the news quite as much. Um, but anyway, this is just to illustrate this point that uh I think it took me time to figure out what was the perception around Andrew Yang on a more like scaled level. Like it seemed that more people knew him and more people had this shared opinion about him, which was that he's, you know, um, he's, he's just this like dorky guy in a way. And so how do you play up that comedic trope into an impression? I feel like that was the thing that I didn't quite marry in the beginning is, um, getting the sort of technical aspects of their of the impression down in terms of the timbre of the voice and um, mannerisms and, and all that and all that stuff that Chloe is just so is just such a is so virtuosic about. But it was about mirroring that with some comedic take. And I think in the beginning it was a little difficult because I think we were just getting to know him. The public was just getting to know him. Um, in the 2020 primary in the election. So I think now that time has passed, now that we know what he as a character is like in the real world, um, I think I think that's the thing that sort of helps it ferment. And um, so for me, it just takes a lot of time, I guess. And so it, it, it's, it's a journey. But with Fran, it was just, I mean, Fran, like there, there was some sort of uh, media persona around her that was just very easy to lock into. Um, so yeah, it, it, it depends on the, on the, on the subject, I guess. You know, and, and playing Fran was also, you know, a great example of, of the, the ferocity and the speed of the show and how quickly things can come together, because that was you sitting at home watching on a Tuesday and then Saturday after the idea came to you. Um, and with that immediacy and with the fact that you get that, that incredibly quick feedback when you're going through a season, do you allow yourself, is it helpful to kind of engage and really look at what are people responding to? What are the ways that they're responding to it? Why are they responding to this specifically in this way to kind of make 
make adjustments as you go through the season or do you, because of how fast everything's moving, is it just kind of, I just have to keep my head down and just kind of get through the next show and get through the next show? I think it's the latter. I think it's just about making it through um, the season. It's hard to go in with a holistic plan um, before the season. And like, I think now I'm, uh, we're talking in the summer before, like in like the, the month or so before we go back to the show. And this is like the time when everyone starts to, you know, vision board out their season. And I feel like that's a wonderful exercise. I don't, I feel like I didn't really do that this past season for 48. I feel like I kind of went in with an open mind and I think it, I think it sort of worked out um, nicely for me. I feel like I kind of knew in the back of my mind, I was like, I'm probably not going to have another iceberg moment. That just feels like, and it feels like too lofty of a thing to try and duplicate. Um, You know, I can't, I I should not think in that way where I like call a target that's so um, arbitrary and sort of lightning in a bottle. Like it doesn't, it has that quality about it. And so I was like, let me just go into the season, like trying to Mm, lean into some utility more, try to um, do things that I hadn't done yet on the show. Uh, I was eager to just straight man. I was eager to just be like the normal person in a sketch to call out the weird thing. And I kind of, those are the things that stand out to me this season is I was like, oh gosh, like I I really enjoyed those moments because sometimes that person scores the most in a sketch. I think Mikey Day is a perfect example of that. Mikey Day is the word is typically someone who writes these sketches with all these, you know, these absurd premises. Um, but he always prefers to be the person to just call out how silly something is. Um, and I just really, I, I really liked that. But in terms of um, picking up on what people are responding to, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it is informative. It is, it is definitely informative. I don't know that I've really usefully synthesized that information yet. And because you're bringing up, obviously, you know, right now is the off season for you. Um, I want to talk a little bit about your writing and, and kind of the relationship that you have with that outside of SNL, because in SNL, you're writing in such a specific way and you're writing, you know, these very short bursts of characters telling a whole story in a few minutes. Um, but obviously, you know, kind of like always with a mind to other things that you're looking at towards the future and, and other projects as a writer, that's kind of recalibrating the way that you work a lot outside of it and is is it something where in the off season you're kind of like able to focus on or kind of sit there with with different forms of script writing or you know by the time you get to the end of the season is it just kind of I just need to shut off a little bit now because I think it's so fascinating that that calibration between two very different spaces in the way that you work exactly I and I this is something that I'm you know working out in therapy even is, is that what we're talking about, with my therapist about site-specific writing. It's, I, I think it's the latter that you mentioned where on the off season, I really just put up my walls as far as my writing process goes, because it's just so, you just have to really work yourself into this pretty extreme discipline with it um, when the season is on and it's, 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 it's pretty taxing to just, I don't know, turn that out. I think for me, at least there's some people who, some cast members who are just so stellar at the writing aspect of it. Um, Mikey, as I said, Heidi Gardner, Andrew Dismukes, um, 
people who just are ju- who are who are very 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 adept in that way i've i feel like i've sort of i've i've i think i'm finally settled settling into like a nice comfort with um my writing process even when i was starting out as a writer i feel like i felt like there was this anxiety around um trying to fit into a mold that snl has already carved out in terms of you know thinking oh i should write a game show sketch because that's been done before or i should write a commercial parody because that seems reliable but you know i think i've come around on this idea that like you can do that but you can also do stuff that's just um squarely in your sensibility and doesn't really have to like subscribe to like uh some templated thing which you know is also I mean, those those things. Uh, that's just to say that those things are just as valid as um, are equally valid. And so, yeah, I just the, the the short answer is like I haven't really done too much writing on the off season this year because I'm just like let me decompress, let me just focus on these other projects where I'm not being asked to do that. Yeah, and and going back to some of the the specific comedy elements of SNL as well, one of the things that's really unique is that ability to use the camera as an engagement with the audience in certain ways. So like trend forecasters, I think is such a great example of that, where it's okay, now the camera's coming in really close, we're breaking the fourth wall completely, Uh and we're going right in on this connection with what we're shouting at the audience about comedically. Um, and so when you're writing a sketch, you're figuring out your performance for a sketch, um, how do you think about those moments and the ways that you can really utilize the camera in a different way to connect with the audience? Right. I mean, with Trend Forecasters, that was originally written as a sketch uh, with the host, with Willem Dafoe, I believe, that week. But uh, we were asked to adapt it, as it were, into, into a weekend update piece. And so... Uh, surprisingly did not alter too much in that sort of translation because we were like okay well we can just do the we can just cut to the close-up anyway because we had that in the original script I mean it's just something that you um you it's just something that you write in as you give a piece texture and you go how do we make this interesting because I think uh the best kinds of writing I think that happen in SNL are the are the things where multiple people are writing one piece and the the main goal is just to make the person laugh in the room is to make the other person laugh and then you know and and you you kind of think well if they're laughing then someone else might too um and I feel like with the awareness of the camera um I think that's I think that's what makes Weekend Update my favorite place to perform on the show because it is efficient, it's direct. Um, you sort of just get to inhabit a character for three minutes to four minutes, um, and then you're out. And it's just as terrifying as it is exciting because uh, it's just you up there and. Uh, or if you're lucky enough, you have someone like A.D. Bryant next to you. But when it's just you up there, it's pretty, um, it's, 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 it's a pretty big statement for you to make. Um, and that can go either way. But, uh, but yeah, I feel like that's, the, the, that awareness, to the, that, that, that breaking the fourth wall is something that you can probably um, have the most fun with on update. So how do you sort of tweak it and to make it just a little bit more intriguing? Um, 
and that's probably what that's probably what went into trend forecasters. Yeah, and, and one of one of the aspects performance-wise that I always just find so impressive in watching the show is is that necessity of conviction for completely new concepts every single week. You know, it's not you're not bringing back the same characters, you're not bringing back the same sketches every every single week. You're having to go out there and do completely new material where you don't have kind of a footing to know how it's going to land and how it's going to connect with the audience. Um, and so what have you found to be the way that you kind of navigate through that idea of I'm going out here, you know, without as much of a safety net beneath me, but I have to sell this or nobody's going to connect to it and nobody's going to buy into it. Oh, that's a great question. I feel like this past season, it was, it was a sketch that um, we did. Uh, it was it was a sketch that we did uh, the third episode of the season where um, I was dressed as a spider and I had like these like prosthetic legs and that was all in, that was all sort of in the performance of it. I just in terms of like the, the just in terms of setting it against the context of the the sketch, the rest of the sketch where it's you know just like a school assembly and it's kids being cute, dressing up as insects and sort of like a classic normal, normal, not situation where it gets to me. And then I, you know, do this like very basic amateur voguing. Um, but that was something where I thought, wow, it all depends on whether or not the audience is interested in this. And I remember doing it the read through and it going well. And I went, okay, well, that is, that's sort of one one little sort of patch of safety net that I think I can like work with. And then it was just building it out from there and just making sure the costume was just right. And um, the beats of the sketch were, were, were playing out in the right way. And, um, and then thankfully it did sort of, I think it did succeed on the, on, on that level, but it was the thing where I was like, it's all on me. Like, even though I have, um, but, but it's all on me. And even though there are, there are all of these things that are buttressing the production of this, like how do I make sure that this does not fail um, in the cut where it's just on, in the single cut on me where it's just me doing something and people at home are, this is all people at home are seeing because people in the studio can see things that are off camera, but you got to sell it to the people watching, you know, on, on Hulu, on, you know, on YouTube the next day or something, you know? Um, that's that's what's interesting. I mean, with everything that you're saying there as well, I imagine that, you know, even if you'd been doing the show for 20, 30 years, that there's still always going to be certain nerves and certain adrenaline because it's it's that new cycle every week, even though there's elements right. of familiarity at this point. And so do you feel like your relationship with what that feels like and what that looks like has kind of evolved and changed as, as the show goes on? And, and are there different versions of it even week to week at this point, depending on what you're going out there and what you're doing and, and what you're having to, to sell in a particular sketch? Yeah, I mean, I do think, um, I do think especially even going into this season is, is my fourth season on the cast. I feel like um, there is this um, data set, I guess, for lack of a better word. I have like more data points uh, in terms of the last three seasons of being on, on cast. But then I, but then I look at someone like Keenan, who's been on the show almost 20 years at this point, which is incredible. And 
I look at him and he's just as present, is just as engaged, is just as challenged by this idea that, you know, you kind of have to come up with something new and that sensibilities change in comedy, that comedy is just a reflection of the culture a lot of the time. And so he's aware of that. He's, he's very aware of how to have his skill set and his talents match up with something in the culture that he can sort of uh, engage in comedically. And so I feel like right as I start to feel some comfort and familiarity is when I know to sort of agitate that a little bit and, and think, well, let's just rethink this because I feel like, I feel like there were some fun moments this season that I thought, wow, I, I hope, I hope that demonstrates something to myself about what I can do. It wasn't quite, I wasn't quite as concerned this season with what the audience thought. I was really, really, really attached to that notion. My first two seasons on the cast was really trying to play to, to answer your question from earlier, maybe was really trying to, um, respond in the moment to what the audience was liking from me and it was nice it, it was a good way to sort of secure some some relationship to the audience but in, in, as far as like my own gratifying way of being on the show I feel like it's more about what I want to do and I feel like um I feel like there were some really nice moments of that this year this, this year yeah, no, I think it was, it was, you know, every season's always so great for different reasons. And you had so many great sketches and moments and your performances were always so fantastic this season. So congratulations on everything with that and the current Emmy nomination. And thank you so much, Bowen. Thanks, Mara. Thank you so much. This was lovely.